welcome to 321i Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host for today. Today, we welcome Judeline Cassidy. Judeline was one of the very first women accepted into the Plumbers Local Union 371 Staten Island, New York, and the first woman elected on the examining board of Plumbers Local Union Number 1. Prior to her acceptance into the union's five-year apprenticeship program, she worked as a nanny and housekeeper. She's been a proud member of Plumbers Local Union Number 1 New York City for the past 20 years. Being a qualified plumber has drastically changed her life and also the lifestyle of her family. Financially, it has afforded her and her family upward mobility in society. She cares deeply for her fellow sisters in the trades and serves as a mentor and big sister to anyone who needs her stewardship. Judeline was a speaker at the 2017 Makers Conference and is featured on their website and is also the founder of Tools and Tiaras, a nonprofit introducing girls to the trades. Judeline is releasing a new podcast called Tradeswoman Talk, and we'll find out at the end how we can get more information about when that podcast will be released. Today, we're going to talk about relaunching or transitioning to a career in the trades, what's involved, how long it takes, and, and everything we want to know about it. Judeline, welcome to 321 I Relaunch. Thank you so much for having me, Carol. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on your podcast. Well, we are honored to have you as our guest, so thank you. Uh, so, Julian, I want to start by talking about what you did first. You were a nanny and a housekeeper, and I'm curious how you decided to become a plumber. Were you thinking about it for a while? Did you know other people who are plumbers, or did you wake up one day and all of a sudden you knew that's what you wanted to do? So, originally, I my education started in Trinidad and Tobago. I'm from the Caribbean. And attending school, I wanted to be a lawyer, but my great-grandmother passed away and I couldn't afford to go to university to become a lawyer. So the trades Mm -hmm. was my next option and pivot point. And I chose plumbing over electrical and um, secretarial work and seamstress and all of that because I figured if I could learn a trade, I can teach it and I could make lots of money. <laughs> that was the reason um, that I started plumbing. But then I migrated to the United States. And when I got here, I didn't get back into plumbing right away. Um, I became a housekeeper and a nanny. And I love both jobs because I really love working with kids. And that's how I did that. And then one of my neighbors who lived next door to me remembered that I attended plumbing school in Trinidad and Tobago. And he helped me get a job on a construction site. Back then, minorities weren't, a lot of minorities weren't allowed to, to do construction or to get into the union. So they mm-hmm. formed this thing called a coalition and they would go down to job sites and demand work. So I guess he told them he had a plumber and uh, that's how my lifestyle changed from being a nanny to being a plumber began all over again. And that's how it started and uh, have been doing it for over 20 years plus since then. Wow. 
That's an amazing story. Um, I'm, I want to know if you can educate our audience about the construction trades. And you mentioned plum, plumbing, you, of course, we're talking about plumbing. You, you mentioned electrical. Are those the two major trades in construction or are there others? And do you have to take tests in order to apply for trade school? And how does it all, what's involved with, with going to trade school? So first of all, if you can do it at any age, that's what I love about the trades. They don't discriminate. Um, you can start at 18 you know, years old, after right after high school. And it involves actually getting into the union. And there's many trades. There is plumbing, electrical, um, uh, ironworking, carpentry, uh, sheet metal, which is AC, uh, doing AC and HVAC. There's just so many, 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 many trades that someone could get into. And the great thing about the trades and the, the secret about the trades or the untapped resources of the trades, and a lot of people don't know, that it's the other four-year degree. So mm. what's great about the trades is the person could learn the skill and learn this graph and don't incur college debt and have a great salary. So most apprenticeship programs within the building trades is five, four to five years. Okay. Right. So as an apprentice, we say uh, this catchphrase, um, you earn while you learn, meaning you join the apprenticeship, you get into the union, you join the apprenticeship while you attend in school and learning the reason behind what you do, the whys behind what you do, you get in paid while you also learning on the job site with a more seasoned veteran, uh, which in the trades we say apprentices is the person learning and a journeyman is the person who has already achieved that status you learn from that person and most trades have been around uh unions have been around for almost 130 years and the building trades was very uh pivotal in building america and building buildings and stuff like that so it's a great great resource for a lot of people who want to show their children and also for themselves that you can really relaunch um, a career in the trades at any time. So you, do you know people of different ages who are, they're not, you know, 18 to 22. There are people who maybe in their yeah. 40s who have gone to trade school and, and become a tradesperson. Yes, we have lots of people like that. A lot of women and a lot of men. My partner that I had four years ago, he was a salesman. He sold automobiles and uh, it really wasn't working out. And he joined the trades at 38 years old and became a plumber. We have a lot of women who were nurses or we have people who were going to school to be doctors and decided that wasn't for them at late stages in their lives and joined the trades. So it's one of those careers that you could re you could really relaunch at any time. The only uh, drawback is that you might feel like it's too late for you, but the trades is not saying it's too late for you. 
Mm. Can you talk about um, the physical and mental demands of the day-to-day of the work that you're doing? Yeah, so physically, the trades is not as what everybody um, envision. Like we like uh, working so hard at your body that um, that you you can do it, that you're not able to do it because you're a woman or that you're older. Mm-hmm. Most of the things that we do, we do it in teams. You work with a group of people, and you work with a partner. So, um, you know. You look at me, and if you, any one of your listeners, you want to look me up. I'm re- Carol. I'm really short. I'm four feet. <laughs> I know um, you are because we know each other. <laughs> yes, I'm four feet eleven and seven eighths, and I've been doing this for twenty four years. The drawback for me, I can speak for myself, being an island girl. The elements is what is really detrimental on our bodies as trades workers. So when it's a hundred, you know, ninety something degrees outside, we are there working. When it's below uh, zero, we are outside working. So that is really, for me, that is the most difficult part of the trade. The elements um, that are you are you 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 should have a sense of. Um, like grit and uh, love working outdoors, and uh, you know uh, that that will work really fine. You love working with other people; uh, that helps because we're always surrounded by people from different cultures, different races. Uh, it's so that's some of the things that I love. The difficulties, I would say, for me and a lot of people, is really the elements, and those are the days. You have to dig really, really deep, especially being an island girl, to get up and go outside and put on all of those layers to work. That's really, for me, that's the most difficult, the elements. So you're not talking about the hottest weather. You're talking about the cold weather. The cold and hot for yeah. for both because, like, I suffer with migraines. And ah. when it's a really, really hot day, it's, I- you know, it's, yes, it sets off. So... But I think because I love plumbing so much that those days I, I find a way to do it because the love and the passion that I have for being a plumber pulls me through that. And um, don't you just got to figure out like if you wanted to do this, um, is it worth it for you? Because like everything in life, you have to figure out why you're doing it, like why is behind whatever. And once you figure out that why, I mean, the trades is lucrative. Um, it's a skill that if you anyone relaunching decided after they went to the apprenticeship and they become a journey person, they can say, you know what? I'm going to put up a world map and I'm going to throw a dot and wherever it lands, that's where I'm going to go. That's the freedom of being a tradesperson. You can literally have a job wherever you want. Yeah. Oh, that's a really important point. Um, You know, I want to ask a follow-up question about the, you know, this physical and mental demands. Do you ever, like, how do you handle dangerous situations? Like, do you ever get, are you ever afraid that like something's going to explode or something? (laughs) We're hot or, you know, and, and how do you handle that? Yeah, um, you, there's a lot of situations that is really dangerous. Construction is one of the top 10 dangerous jobs. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
and it's it's dangerous because uh we have to rely on each other so in construction when you're there you really have to be paramount about your safety and speak up and have a voice because if you don't the crowd and the team might push you to do something that's unsafe so i've always had in my head that i want to go back home to my family so even if somebody's trying to push me to climb up on a ladder that is not safe or sometimes we go up on it's called a scissor lift like 20 30 feet up in the air to install pipe that's scary and it's still yeah. scary yeah. Uh, but i think cuz i like i said it's like there's so many things in life that you're going to be afraid of and if you let fear stop you you won't achieve anything so uh i think most of that uh you get over time you really get to develop a sense of your surroundings like always paying attention like that most people get hurt when they want to take a shortcut so it applies in construction and it applies in life anytime we try to take shortcuts about something we always end up getting hurt and that's why so i've been really really paramount and try my best to always focus on the task at hand and be safe mhm and actually this leads me to my next question because i was trying to think about you know you're describing you must be pretty fearless and you talked about grit and i'm just thinking about the kind of personality profile that you think is best um for success in the trades and um how do you suggest people test their potential um for succeeding in it and and in and really loving the work so if you're a person like you definitely love working with your hands like you love or you know you already like baking you like painting um uh, just those simple things like that um you love crocheting you already have the first part you love working with your hands that's every trade you're going to work with your hands mm-hmm. so i think that's one of the the major um traits love working with your hands and then you have to love working or like not love <laughs> but at least like working with people because yeah. if you don't know how to navigate in a group of people in construction you will have a very hard time. So in construction we have this really bad thing where we cut each other off and we talk over each other, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so natural and it doesn't really mean like like we don't want to hear your point or whatever, but you have to be a person who is okay with um owning your own voice and speaking up because if you don't uh you can be um you could be left at the bottom in a sense cuz people would think that you don't want to learn the trade so they won't teach you anything so you have to find a way of like being able to navigate like talk to people but you can still be an introvert i don't know if that makes cuz i'm both like i i'm a very introverted person when i'm home but when i'm on the job site i'm entertaining everybody <laughs> yeah, i want to get into that in a little more depth um because i'm thinking about the team dynamic and how important mm-hmm. it is and all the different personalities uh, and different types of people who might be on the team and, and this whole and just this whole concept of like banter you know like people sort of like kidding each other by like like the exchange you, you know while while people are working is there if so do you have to have sort of a um tough 
exterior to be able to be functioning in that kind of environment because you have to be focusing on what you're doing and get the task done and there's a lot of things you have to be aware of and you have a team dynamic going on yeah so definitely you have to step up your banter game (laughs) construction (laughs) yes construction and and um uh, being able to come back with uh, quick snapbacks. So I'm, I'm known for that because if you don't do that, you definitely will be taken advantage of, not, not taken, like bullied in a sense. Yeah. We, construction has been, we've been way behind on everybody else and a lot of things and we catching up slowly but surely. Um, for a long time, it was really difficult for women to be on a construction site because you were, Nobody spoke to you, nobody teach you anything, and that's slowly changing. But you have to be able to know, um, like men say everything in jest, whether it's truth, whether they're angry, they use banter a lot to deliver um, criticism, mm. um, praise, everything. So you you <laughs> you have to be able to be okay with that. And if you a person you don't always have to answer um the you know the banter teasing, but it's just something that we do all the time. Like I I have a hard time navigating on the outside because I'm so used to like just saying whatever like and and nobody not taking any offense. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Like uh yeah, it's just a different world. Like, uh, I can tease you about the fact that, wow, you and your partner both wearing green. Did you guys spend last night together? And now in some other field, that might be taken as what would you trying to say? But we all would joke and say, yeah, and he was later waking me up, you know, and we know it's a joke like so right. I don't know if that makes sense so it's it's just different I don't know I since I started a nonprofit and um I'm in that world of like kind of corporate I realize how different we are in construction and uh, I'm learning it's good I'm learning to be better at listening to people and knowing when to be appropriate <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, there's corporate environments and there's corporate environments. You know, I, I yeah. spent part of my time in um, investment banking and there was a lot of language, like like language and bantering there too. That, yeah. and, and it was years ago where now um, maybe they, people don't say the same things that they used to say. Um, but yeah. I'm interested. I think this is a really important point because you, you have to have a sense of humor. You have to be somewhat quick and, and sort of be comfortable in that. And with that give and take, um, mm. part of the culture, um, uh, and, uh, and really it, it can impact how comfortable you feel and how successful you feel. Um, yeah. Now, as a woman who's been in the trades, and and I know that that this is something that you've been a real leader in, um, because you are one of the first women now. And now I'm thinking you've watched this whole evolution where more women are getting into the field. But boy, when you started, you were probably you know you're one of the very few. Um, yeah. Do you have to learn all this over time? And w- was there a harassment factor? Um, and how did you get confident enough to almost demand that people pay attention to you and give you the same kind of training that you needed in order to become really good at what you were doing? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, when I first started, I 
I felt like I didn't belong there and I was invading their space. And Mm -hmm. for a long time, I was living like that. I would let a lot of things go um, because I felt like it wasn't my space. You know, I would get on a job site and nobody would talk to me. Uh, But it was always... What's great is there's always a hero and you just got to look for it. So there was always one guy who would, despite nobody else talking to me, would come up to me and say, this is my name. Um, my name is Brian. How would you, uh, how are you doing? And that's how I got into the union. And that's how I learned my skill. As much as I'm an advocate for tradeswomen, I always tell everyone that I would be the world's best plumber if men didn't teach me. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. Just think about it. When I was there, it was only men. So I really feel like um, you within yourself have to. What the men respected about me was the fact that I love plumbing as much as they did. They thought that I didn't. You know what I mean? And that's where I gained their respect. I gained their respect by showing up for work every single day, even when it was cold. (laughs) You know, they was like, she's here. She's here. You know, those are the things. And I was really very, very open to learning. And I still am. To survive in the trades or even to be a good leader, you have to be able to be open uh, for learning and being teachable. And uh, I, I, I... the guys had liked that, that I was um, very teachable. I would ask questions. And when they didn't teach me, I did that on my own. So if I was with someone and they wasn't teaching me, I took out my own measuring tape and measured stuff and see where it was. I went over to the blueprint every time they went to the blueprint. You know, if they sent me to get uh, a fit-in, because they didn't want me to learn. They already had it. They would send me for it. When I came back, I would bring four and give them one. So when they say, oh, I forgot, we need another one, I would just like, boom, here it is. Mm. So so those are the things that I did to like um, succeed and uh, be a plumber that uh, gained a lot of my brother's we, we always call each other brothers and sisters to gain my brother's respect. And uh, it's so funny that um, I didn't, I didn't, um, I continue to believe that I didn't belong until I changed my mindset. So the day, I can't remember when that was, I started walking in that construction site like this is my space and you should be happy that I let you work with me. Mm. <laughs> Wow. So, I love yes. that. once I started doing that and owning that power, energy attracts energy. That shifted how the men thought about me. They didn't talk down to me anymore. They didn't talk to me like I was a, like an idiot because I didn't feel that about myself. Because for a long time, remember, I believe it was their space. I'm invading it. I should be, you know, I should do this. I should do to make sure they like me. But once I started like listen, you are so lucky to be even working with the most awesomely skilled plumber. Hello. You know, <laughs> and that's how, and even the guys tease me and they call me superstar because that's how I carry myself on the job site. And that changed everything. Even the other trades will come up to me, like the carpenters or the, the, the steam fitters or the electricians. They're like, wow, you really know your stuff. All the guys respect you. So, but I had to do that. I had to put on that cape 
of ownership of like I belong mm. and that changed and that changed everything you know what you're saying pertains to almost any work environment in terms of success so I hope everyone is listening really carefully on um, the idea that I own this. This is my space. I'm teachable. I love what I do. I'm open to learning. Um, and and also uh, th- this idea that you said there was always a hero. I, I mean, I I have to say I never engage in in male bashing um, because mm-hmm. men also mentored me in my career, and I really owe a lot of the uh, opportunities that I had to men just you know, treating me like everyone else, but, but also going to bat for me. And it mm-hmm. sounds like, you know, these, you, you learn from men and, and, uh, and there, this idea that there was always a hero, um, that, that must've been unbelievably critical in the early days until, I don't know what happened one day when you decided to walk in and you owned the place with that kind of an attitude, if that just happened over time. And then one day you thought I'm ready to be this person. Um, but I, I, I love hearing you talk about it and it's really instructive for, for everyone. Yeah. And as much as like, so a lot of people don't realize in construction, the amount of women in construction since 1970 has been 3%, 3%. Mm. It's, only went up to 3.4% last year. So when, as much as I advocate for women being in the trades, I explain to them, at the end of the day, you most likely are going to be taught your craft by a male. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. But that doesn't mean because of that, you have to take being treated less than. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? So I, I had many incidents that men try to do that to me and I took it. And then there was a, now that doesn't happen at all, but you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm operating in a whole different level now. uh, Because I really, I really, really like once I realized that um, the men uh, are just more confident at selling um, their skill, which is maybe, let's say, their skill at 40%, and I might be at 50 but I don't want to sell myself. Once I realized that they were really – that's what I loved about that environment, that I learned that even at 50%, I can feel like I'm 100 And that's what I love I gained from the men. So I was like, wow, he's not even good at his calf, and he's walking around here like – He's really, really good because I know from being working with them. Then I was like, you know so much more and you walk around like, why would you do that? And that goes for everybody, whether you're male or female. Like, own it. Like, you already have everything that you need to make you successful. You just got to, like, look in the mirror and do this thing that I do in my life every day. Anything that I've done, I conceive it, I believe it, and then I just do it and just do that. And you'll see the shift. Incredible. Um, Judeline, I want to know if you can tell us more about the organization that you founded, Tools and Tiaras. Like what happens there? Who who do you work with? So Tools and Tiaras was a nonprofit, is a nonprofit that I started in 2017. And the goal and mission of Tools and Tiaras is to teach girls and women, um, uh, expose them to careers in the trades. So 
we teach women and girls and I have this trademark, so don't steal it, that jobs <laughs> that jobs don't have genders. So we really, really, yeah, we really push women and girls to understand that you can do any job you want. It doesn't have a gender. So we have um, free monthly workshops for women and girls uh, every month. And then in the summertime, we have an all-girls construction skills camp where girls as young as six years old to 17 come in for a week and they get to um, learn and be taught and build projects all taught by tradeswomen, plumbing, carpentry, electrical, ironworking, coding they meet female firefighters they meet female police officers they learn about finances they learn self-defense <laughs> like every empowerment level that's what tools and tiaras is we just want to empower a generation of girls to be inspired to pick up the tools and uh join these lucrative very lucrative careers that you can make over a hundred thousand dollars a year without college debt I did that. I do that. I I don't have a college degree and I make a hundred plus. I don't want to say how much because a lot of people will be reaching out for money. (laughs) But but because of tools, um, being a plumber, I was able to start tools and tiaras. When I started the nonprofit for almost a year, I was funding it with my own plumber's salary. So. Wow, that, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, did I hear you say that you also teach women that that not the camp in the summer, but some of these other session yeah. programs that you run? Yes, we do. We do. So the monthly workshops are for women and girls. And then sometimes we partner uh, with like last year, we had uh, a workshop with Omega Institute. It's this awesome place upstate New York where you can go do you could zen and do yoga and mindfulness and and it's an amazing space and I encourage them that women want to be empowered in another level while not bring the trades they were a little hesitant but we actually had the workshop and we had I had to cap it off because we had almost 25 women sign up like that to learn plumbing and cap uh, and carpentry and we were supposed to go back this year but with the whole situation that workshop for plumbing uh was going to be in May but the funny thing about what I I started tools and tiaras mostly for girls, but yeah. when I did when I did the Omega workshop, I had women crying. This is not, I'm not even kidding. They made me cry. There was a woman that was um, 60 years old. She said, growing up, she wanted to be a plumber, and everybody told her that she couldn't be a plumber. And she went into nursing, and she said, it's another kind of a plumbing in another way. Mm. But she, yeah, and she said this weekend inspired her so much that she was able to live her dream so we taught women how to install a faucet how to change a toilet bowl and that's the kind of emails we get all the time from i get a lot of emails from women wanting to learn this or exposing their daughters to it and I even get men asking me how can i get started in the trades you know so it's something that a lot of people just because of the perception 
of what they see on television, that a tradesperson is this baffling idiot and we look really filthy uh, with construction clothes, they assume the wrong idea. You have to be really smart to work in construction. Every day people go into these buildings and if I didn't or another tradesperson didn't build your home that you are in right now, where would you shelter during this crisis? Right. Exactly. You know, I'm glad you mentioned men because we have men in our audience and we have men in our relauncher community. Uh, so I know we're talking about tools and tiaras being focused on girls and, and some of the program for, for women. Um, but we also want to tell the men in our audience that, uh, you know, relaunching in the trades is something that you can also do, uh, you know, in, as a relaunch as a man. Um, so something to keep in mind. Uh, that is sounds like amazing work. Um, I, I will ask you at the end to how people can find out more about that work, but I want to wrap up with a couple of questions for you. Uh, one of them is you are on Makers, which is so amazing. And I mm -hmm. wanted to know, um, how did that happen? Did they find out about you because you were in a newspaper article or something? And, and did they prep you? And what, what was that experience like? So the Makers experience really literally change my life so I had followed makers and because I am the feminist plumber <laughs> so I followed makers and I was um on the advisory board for a building that was going to be built in New York City called the Women's Building. So I reached out to makers and I said, it would be amazing if you did a story about this building that is being built by women for women. Mm -hmm. And they were all fascinated with it. And they were like, actually, we will come and see the building, but can we do uh, a profile on you? And I kept telling makers, no, because I'm very, I know it sounds weird, but I really like being an activist, but not being in the spotlight. And I still struggle with being in the spotlight, I'm working on that. But makers was like, no, we don't, we want to do the profile on you. And I said, no, 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 no. I kept saying no. And they said, we'll make it really, really comfortable for you. And I went one day after work, my dress was in my backpack and I changed from my Carhartt jeans and cap and Carhartt t-shirts and put on a dress and I didn't really have on any makeup or anything in that video. And they kept the room really dark because I was really shy, you know, because I don't like being on camera or taking pictures. And I did that video. And when I did the video, they were like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. We want you to be our keynotes, one of our keynote speakers at the conference. Wow. Yes. Because sometimes what people don't realize, and the funny thing is I wouldn't have done makers if my friend, I have this friend, Pamela Schiffman, and she touched me on the shoulder and she said, Judelyn, it's not about you. It's about all the little girls and women you're going to inspire. Mm. So do it. Mm -hmm. So I, sometimes you, you can be that spark for someone else. If she didn't tell me that, I would have probably kept on saying no. And I was a Megan Kelly and I told Megan Kelly no also. So I get these opportunities a lot and I say no a lot, but I'm learning through to be better and say yes at everything and find a way to do it. But I had to get there. I still struggle with that, but it was a great experience um, being on Makers um, and telling my story because a lot of people don't know about the amazing careers that exist in the trade. So it was my opportunity to be a representative for the trades, you know, that I love. Mm. 
That sounds incredible. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, Judeline, we're, we're wrapping up now. I'd love to talk to you for hours, but um, we are going to finish. And um, the, I want to finish by asking you the question that we ask all of our podcast guests. And that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something we've already talked about today? Yeah, I would say the best piece of advice that I got is to do everything with a 10x kind of energy like you want to go after a new job even though you are definitely scared go after it with all the energy that you possibly could and the universe will have this way of paying you back i am in the process of doing tools and tiaras doing tradeswomen talk i go speak and i'm doing all those things while i'm scared but i still do it at 10x energy so just do it you mm-hmm. got this. Oh, that's an inc- incredible way to, to wrap up and really good advice. Um, Evelyn, how can our audience find out more about your work and your upcoming podcast, which you are about to launch? Yeah, so we're going to be launching a podcast called Tradeswomen Talk, where we're going to be talking with tradeswomen and men uh, within the trades, uh, in within construction and male-dominated careers. It's going to be on our website, so you can follow us, www.toolsandtiaras.org. And if you type in our name in Google search, you'll see us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and LinkedIn and uh, follow us and see the inspiring stories of young girls that are changing the world. What a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today, Judeline. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. And I so believe in relaunching because we always have opportunity to relaunch ourselves. I love this. Oh, great. Well, thank you. And thanks for listening to 321i Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. For more information on iRelaunch, go to irelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us. 